Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm John. Charles. I'm Seth. I'm Jenna. I'm Chris. And we got some exciting yeah. things to talk about today. Uh, it's, it's that professionalism in our intro that keeps you coming back every two weeks. <laughs> yes. I think so. Keeps me coming back. Um, so we decided it'd be kind of fun today to uh, go back and watch an old classic that uh, I know a number of us, like John and I, saw when we were, but mere, mere childs, right, mere John? Wee, John wee was wee eight, I think. John I would, was no, eight. We lads. When Do this you came mean out, children? Childs. Bill. We were mere childs. When this came out, I was one. Children. You were one when it came out? Yeah, I was born in 1965. <laughs> I was uh Chris and I are just laughing over here. <laughs> I was eight years old when it came out. A funny thing about age, Jenna, is it's coming for you too. It's <laughs> fine. I'll still probably age better than you. If the demons if the demons don't get her first. Shots fired. <laughs> So anyway, uh, yeah, the classic we're going to talk about is uh, the 1966 Batman movie, which um, all of us watched uh, so that we could uh, kind of chat about it today. And, uh, uh, you know, what'd you guys think? Uh, did the Does the humor hold up? Does the show hold up? I mean, it's intentionally campy. So given that... I mean, the uh, drugs were really good in 19, the yeah. 1960s, right? <laughs> yes, this, it, it, that is true. So, yeah. Or whatever they had then. Yeah. yeah. I would have loved to been in the writer's room. Just like... <laughs> I don't think you'd even ha- you would have even had to smoke. It's just like we, they probably just hotboxed it, right? <laughs> right? Aerosol acid all through the room. You know, as I, as I look back on the series of Batman, in my mind... The some of the things like you know the the arch villain the Riddler uh, played by Frank Gorham, um, in my mind he always had these riddles that were you know very um, difficult to solve and yet Batman always solved them. And at the age at which I was watching that show, that seemed to me. Oh my God, Batman's so brilliant. He can solve these things. But then as I watch this movie and I see a riddle like, okay, what weighs six ounces, sits in a tree, and is very dangerous? And the answer was, Chris? A squirrel with a machine gun. Yes. A sparrow. Chris A sparrow with a machine gun. Yeah, thank you, Seth, for correcting me because that makes all the difference. Well, <laughs> it was only one half of the riddle, though. Right, like the other half was uh, some uh, I can't remember what the riddle was, but it was a cat. And then what does a cat do to the sparrow? It gobbles it up. No, the other one was, what do you call a turkey 
flying upside. What does a turkey do when it flies oh, upside right. down? Gobble up. It gobbles and up. The, and gobbles so up the taking bird. that with the sparrow with the machine gun, it's, you know, gobbling up uh, a the bird. Bird. Catwoman. Yeah. Ah! Of course yeah. it's Catwoman. And yeah, um, I love the part where they were piecing together the, yes. you know, which of the, uh, well, first of all, they had to figure out which super criminals were on the loose. So we learned that it was Catwoman, um, the Riddler. That's hey, that's Julie Newmar. I think is that like, or is that's that the uh, Lee Merriweather? That's Lee Merriweather. Okay, because I could see the crossover and the images. They're really close, and I was like, because Julie Newmar was my favorite. Oh yeah, and then uh, then we had the the Riddler played by Frank Gorham. Uh, we had Burgess Meredith as the Penguin. And uh, Cesar Romero as uh, the, Joker. the Joker. And uh, so they're trying to figure out which of these super criminals is behind this crime spree. And, you know, spoiler alert, it's all of them. But, you know, how, how they get to that conclusion, though, is pretty, pretty funny because it, it starts out yeah. and they go to investigate this boat that disappears and and Batman somehow doesn't lose a leg after a shark is hanging literally off. <laughs> I mean, I mean, his uh, leg is not even bloody. Right, right, and, and a shark discussing is it up to the practically up to the hip, and yeah, it's ridiculous. And he's hanging beneath a helicopter on the bat rope, or the bat ladder. Uh -huh. The bat, the the shark, had, like the rope was pressed all the way into this rubber shark's head. Did you guys <laughs> see that? But it's it not just a shark. What happened? It's what happened not just that? a shark. It's an. It was pretty bad. So he, yeah, after the the uh, the beginning like incident that happens, they're they're talking with the commissioner. They're trying to figure out, you know, who who which one of these villains could be involved, and that and how they come up with it is pretty nuts. Because first, it's you know it's pretty fishy fishy what happened out there where there's a fish. There must be a penguin, right? Yes. And then this happened that at sea. C is for Catwoman. I know. Yeah, you know? I know. I know. And then that shark was pulling my leg. That you know, that's got to be a Joker. And yeah. and then it all adds up to some sinister kind of riddle. The yeah. Riddler. And <laughs> yeah. the, that whole thing right there is just like, well, okay, so that sets the tone for how this movie's going to go. <laughs> yeah, that, that was classic. I love it. Back. <laughs> like like Bill was saying, when I when I was my eight year old self, that was like, well, that's how did he do that? That's a great. Yeah, and that like, rabbit out of that hat was just something. <laughs> I, can't I, I lost it when they were like, it happened at sea. C is for Catwoman. <laughs> like, what the no. No, that's not right on No, that's not how any of this works. <laughs> what and I loved all... was the variety of vehicles that Batman has to maintain because he's got the Batmobile, yep. the Batcopter, the Batboat. The bat cycle with the bat sidecar, which has a a go kart, which Robin, so Robin's sitting in. It's it's not even like a a, a real motorcycle sidecar because at least those have sort of a protective shell. Yeah, they do the, in the front. This is like yeah. just open to the air right in front. If you break, yeah. you're you got, you're getting you're looking for a new boy wonder. I, you know, I Are have you? seen I have seen more modest gynecological exam chairs than this cart that robin was riding in i mean he's sitting there with his how many gynecological exam chairs have yeah, you seen yeah. yeah how many times have you been posing as a <laughs> yeah. doctor hey Bill? listen i've got oh, the no. internet 
<laughs> Why are you searching for gynecological right, so, exam chairs? So it's it's not. You never William, know when you might need one. It's William Pap Smear Newman now. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, that, your, that might work. <laughs> oh. So anyway. And 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 the whole purpose of the go-kart, I mean, they had to spend some money getting that whole go-kart so that it would release from the sidecar attachment to the bat cycle. But they only used it right when they drove up to get into the bat copter. And they only used it so that Robin wouldn't have to walk around the helicopter to get in the other side. I think this is one of yeah. those, it would be funny to go back and see what toys were released. This is probably when they were trying to capitalize on the production of toy sales. Yeah. So the more vehicles you had in the in the movie, the more you more could more stuff you could sell. Yeah. Sure. More, merchandising, merchandising, merchandising. I don't there wasn't really that many superheroes movies. The merchandising wasn't that big. It's kind of like uh Star Wars actually started the huge merchandising swing, and this was ten years before that. I do so remember I, though, everybody had like a there were some toys. Everybody had a Batmobile for sure. I don't remember. Seeing... Well, I remember action figures weren't like these little things. They were like like the big ones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but not like so. There's the issue that Bill was saying with the sidecar, but the Batcopter also had a ground crew, all of whom had like these Bat jumpers. <laughs> so there's a uniform. Yeah. And it's like so obviously uh -huh. other people are on the payroll. Did Batman get like a like a like? Does he cut checks to people? Is he like like? Is, is there Batman LLC out there? What? How do you apply for the job? Also, I'd be pretty mad if I was a common uh, um, traveler through that local airport because they basically stop all air travel. So he did, yeah. It's like you, yep. you can't. And I mean, so Batman had like everyone has uh, has goons. And Batman has goons. They just man, they just get <laughs> the copter ready for him. They do, right? They don't ever take a punch for him, but so as this is going on, of course, they're wearing these leotards with, you know, these sort of uh, I don't know what would you call them, like bikini pants, kind of something. Bikini. Yeah. Well, what 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 do you call the shorts that they're wearing with their costumes? Because they're wearing leotards oh, oh. and then they're wearing shorts over the. Oh, right. you mean Batman and Robin? Yeah. Yeah. Bat like, pants. Yeah. What would uh, you say, Charles? Bat pants. Yeah. yeah. Bat pants. Bat, bat pants. pants. Yeah. Well, well, can you can you assume from? And the, I expected uh, to see a bat bulge there, but you don't. Again, it goes back to the male dancer yeah. cup. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but no, I'm so glad you're out there looking for bat junk. Well, I, I was because <clears throat> there was a recent article. Um, it was in, I don't know, the Times or the Post. I was reading, I think, uh, one of those two, um, a week ago, where they were talking about um, in the movies, you're seeing a lot more male frontal nudity. And that since, what is it, the late 90s, all of that male nudity you see those are prosthetic penises. Right. Nobody, not, you don't see anybody's no, real that, penis in the movie. And now that I know it, I I don't know what to do with that information. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Manu, said, Bennett, <clears throat> Manu Bennett, I think, said otherwise for Spartacus. That's that's right. well, actually, they referenced penis in Spartacus. They right, referenced right. the movie Spartacus <laughs> good, in, oh, specifically. Good 
And they so, said uh, that every one of those penises in there were prosthetic penises. I, yeah. Despite you mean the what? TV show? No, the movie. Well, I am with Chris on this, and I don't know what to do about this. And I feel like, like, I feel like reporting you all to the authorities just for talking about the, all these penises. So, <laughs> that's enough. That's enough. I think it was a weird transition from the bulge, but on that it bulge is. topic, it is kind of interesting because you, you have movies where they're they're using prosthetic penises according to the information that Bill has. Mm -hmm. Other podcasts, you get reports of like you know when they were doing Man of Steel, they've had to change the uh, the Superman suit or the pants that was being worn because the bulge was too prominent, you know, for yeah. these people. <laughs> so uh, it, other podcasts, like, what, do you, what do you want? Bulge, no bulge real penis or prosthetic penis penises what, what do you want it depends other on how many moms are trying to get in the theater too to take their kids wait, there wait 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 no other podcasts uh, would go from batman to <laughs> dceu but no not us we're going from batman into junk but no it is <laughs> i mean this male self-esteem we don't want to be uh yeah i found the male self-esteem here <laughs> yeah, I found the article here and it says nowadays we're much more likely to see penises in mainstream film and television, but they're seldom real. Prosthetic penises, once used for exaggerated effect, have now become the norm in movies and television. So so the takeaway is Batman 1966, no bold, no prosthesis. Right. Batman, Batman today... Batman I am positive today. Jenna so, is correct that it's a dancing belt and it's all just been taken care of just with a dancing belt and and <laughs> it's like but Bill Bill's had a kick for things like ovipositors for a long time. Do you want oh, some? Do you want a prosthetic bat penis now, Bill? Is that what you're saying? Oh, okay. Why? What so, I'm saying so. is if if that movie was made today and it was still as campy, would we expect to see a bat bulge? Well, no, what we'd have, what we'd have, is a reference to the bat dancing or dancing belt. Yeah. <laughs> it would be the bat dancing belt. Make sure that your bat dancing belt is in place. Why are you? Um, would it be? Why are you doing jazz hands, Jenna? I can't figure that out. Because <laughs> that's that's this is about where we've gone campy. It's just like okay, jet bat jazz belt dancing. Okay. <laughs> but I, like, I, what I think going to bet that there was a conversation at some point when they were. Uh, starting the series of the movie about whether or not uh, it looked better with a sock or without a sock. And Adam was surprised. Yeah, this is why you tune into our podcast rather than anyone else's because <laughs> we go to the places no one else will go. I'm We've definitely just, not naming so, this episode Bad Penis. This, this, so, is Jeffrey, well, this is the Jeffrey Tubin episode, man. We just went there. No, we did. Not. I love the uh, I love this quote. Directors are using the, are enjoying the flexibility that prosthetic penises give them when filming <laughs> nude scenes. <laughs> so more or less, guys, when, when the Batman comes out starring Robert Pattinson, keep a close eye out and try and make a determination of yeah. what we're doing. Oh, prosthetic or no prosthetic. We, we, we need an Archer graphic right here going, <laughs> phrasing. Are we not using phrasing, phrasing anymore? <laughs> wow yeah. uh so yeah interesting costume for 1966 well, yes. i mean uh, everything was uh like this movie was definitely or the whole like batman 1960s series was definitely not what we'd expect 
as a modern movie day going audience. I need no. to throw something because I, I just I just happened to find an article here, uh, which is that Burt Ward was told to take pills to shrink his uh, penis for Robin's role. Oh no! <laughs> really? Uh, is that true, they, or is that on a reputable? Do they thing? have pills? Is that the independent? I don't. I don't know. Are there pills that do that? I mean, I don't. It was the 1960s. Wow, oh, that's that was posted even in January 2020. What the? Who who's oh. who's following that? I mean, is he still trying to make excuses for a line he fed some girl who he got a date with? I'm. I'm oh, this goes yeah, back to the bulge topic. They thought Robin that's... had a very large bulge for television. I, I oh. didn't I didn't see it on this show. No, just no, no. Yeah. She's like, I swear, baby, it's because they made me take these pills. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking yeah. speaking of Robin, though, did anyone remember him being quite such a asshole? Yes. Like Robin? Robin? Yeah. How so? Uh, so like he he's in there. Several times, he has a lot of options. Just like the "I want to beat them all up" guy, and like Bruce has yeah. to like hold, basically hold him back a yeah. bunch. Like, I remember him being like that in the TV show as well. And yeah, he's so, just like talking about how just bad all the people drinking alcohol are, and right, it's a filthy habit. And we should yeah. Well, I mean, I remember. Up. I remember they go, they go overboard. It's like I remember one episode where they're climbing, you know, with their batarangs and they fall or Batman falls. No, Robin falls and Batman wings his batarang with a rope on it and, and uh, Burt Ward grabs it with his teeth and they pull him up that way. <laughs> and it's like, uh, what is that? Uh, holy good dental hygiene, Batman. Uh, brushing my teeth saved my life. You see, they, they do kinds of little moral messages like that all the time. Oh, yeah, but it seemed like Robin was the super judgmental one. He was. He was, yeah. he was not happy to have to watch uh, Batman trying to seduce Kitka. Oh, no. Oh, he was not. No. It was weird to see like Batman get uh, all Guliani all over Kitka, just like, <laughs> like, like this reporter. We're gonna we're gonna go. He was like really bad lines too. It, it, I almost felt like Adam West was phoning it in on that one. <laughs> no, he was definitely camping it up. But I mean, that's I, the whole I didn't, I didn't feel I didn't feel the passion. But we, yeah, we aren't following any sort of like chronological order for the movie so far. No, we're not. And is there one really that matters? Well, so no, there's not. Here. Yeah. So there's yeah. Not. So like the movie starts off with the disappearance of this boat which is what batman's going to go investigate and it ha and they say at the beginning it's the captain of the boat has some sort of uh some sort of device that is coming into gotham Com i mean that sounds Hatch pretty familiar commodore hapschlatter or whatever was his name Vitlap. <laughs> yeah vitlap then like oh, no. the move that the plot of the movie just stops and the villains spend the next like three quarters of the movie hatching yeah. up different plans to kill Batman until yeah. in the last like 30 minutes they execute their plan Batman figures it out and foils it 
And it's just like, kill Batman, a, kill Batman, kill Batman, kill Batman. Yeah, it's oh, a 30 to 45 minute movie, but extended by an extra hour just so they can throw in whatever random plots to kill Batman. It was pretty uh pretty nuts for that You're oh right. that, that was pretty much the tv series in a nutshell the whole series was how are they yeah. going to dispose of batman so that they can have free run of gotham and do their yeah, anything, they took like four episodes and mashed it into one big one yeah that's how they did a lot of those like movies though Is i was gonna went... ask did this come out in theaters yes yes yeah in austin texas because that was payment for the boat company who made the bat boat they wanted what? it to open in their hometown of Austin, Texas. Really? Yes. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> if you'll notice, Batman's also quite angry at the military in this one because of... <laughs> oh, yeah, because they sold <laughs> the, the, yeah. the atomic submarine, which can apparently launch ballistic missiles. Yeah, they can. The Polaris is nuclear. They're nuclear missiles. I don't know what they're talking about, but it's like, yeah. A pre a pre uh, a pre nuclear atomic submarine is what they said. Yeah. I yeah. don't know if that would be able to launch no uh, missiles at Not all. Big uh, well, I mean, the reason that Batman was mad at him yeah, is they, because yeah. they sold the yeah, pre atomic submarine the PO to box. <laughs> Pete and Gwyn. Win without yeah. a forwarding address. Even then, it's the commenting of the military industrial complex that Eisenhower warned us about. Batman's trying to <laughs> warn us too. Yeah, at, like the admiral he was talking to was playing tiddlywinks with his pretty secretary. Right? Yeah. The, okay. Uh, Classic. The job that I want in this show is that admiral's job because he's got it very cushy. He obviously doesn't have to work hard. And he no, can make money but, just selling things. Plays, plays games on his desk with his secretary. Yes. All day. So you're trying to say something there. So <laughs> right. like what is what is the penguin's goal here? Like he not only has pre-atomic submarine money, but he's got the money to then retrofit this submarine to have little penguin flippers. Yeah. Oh. And, and, the, the, the and penguin a penguin is, periscope. The penguin it, is rich, you know. He's like like uh, something cobblepot. He's a yeah. He's a, he's a millionaire. Yeah, but, yeah, but I'm not done with the things he already has yet, because he's got enough money to pay for the crew. Yeah, and enough money to train well, a horde of carrier pigeons. To, <laughs> To bring the ransom money to his private island that he all already has. Why is he even doing this? It's... The lulls. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. It's got to be like a rich person. Yeah. Like, rich person. Well, if you got to think about it, Batman has a device in his back cave specifically for sorting out different colors of sand. So it's like literally, that's, that's, that's the whole thing he did with the genetics. What is it? Something an analyzer? That... Molecular. Molecular yeah. uh, sorter or something. Yeah. So, so yeah, just I, yeah. yeah. I actually kind of had this thought on, on the final fight scene: is that this wasn't actually any sort of a fight in the real world. This was a bunch of rich people getting together for a LARP. Like that's this whole <laughs> movie. Oh it my is. god! It's, I think you've got it. It's just that a is, rich yeah. person LARP. 
You know what I liked out of the movie was that so they have this weapon that they get from this Commodore Schmidt lap that uh, is a, uh, a dehydrator. And so you can aim it at a person and dehyd- dehydrate the person. And then they're just left as a little pile of dust on the floor. And so the penguin does that for five of his uh, nefarious assistants to help no. him. What? Go ahead. To help him when he, he's going to smuggle mm-hmm. them into the bat cave in vials. And then once he gets into the bat cave, he's going to be disguised as Commodore Schmidtlap, so Batman thinks he's saving him. They get into the Batcave, and then he's going to hook it up to this uh, bat hydrator system, send water back into the tubes, and then these guys are just going to boop, pop back into existence. But he accidentally knocks the knob, and instead of soft water, it's heavy or light Light, water. It's heavy heavy water. water. Yep. Right? Which is used in the, the bat reactor that powers the Batcave. And so, uh, of course, these five guys instantly rehydrate and go to fight Batman. And as soon as they get hit by a kick or a punch, or in one case, the penguin's umbrella, they just vanish. And Batman says, yeah, Batman says the heavy water made them unstable. And when they got hit, they turned into antimatter. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Robin learns a right. hard lesson. No, they won't be coming back. You know, yeah, they, they, Robin's got this sad look about him, like, "Oh, are we not going to see them again?" No, nope, afraid not. Did we? Yeah, Robin was really people. sad. He was. He wanted to beat them up. They both yeah. sounded so sad that oh, these guys. Well, we're well it was even a better them. quote than it was. I like those not, guys. They're not going to be coming back to this dimension. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. right. No. Yeah. <laughs> And not not to mention that a man-sized chunk of antimatter in the Batcave, once it reacted with anything there, their costumes, their boot boots, yeah, their bat a, boots yeah. or whatever, would in, instantly annihilate an yeah. area the size of Gotham City. Indeed. Five That's times what, what, over. They yeah. had names. They had little name little initials on their shirts. Uh what were they? G one, two, three, four, and five. Yeah, yeah, but B one through five. BP, but what did BP mean again? No, I think it was G. G is in George. P. Oh, guinea pig. Guinea yeah. pig. Guinea pig. Yeah. Guinea pig. Yes. Yeah. Guinea pig one through. See, as as soon as number one gets zapped, this is the exact scene where they're just standing by, to get ready to be zapped. Getting to be zapped. If I was number two through five, as soon as I saw the first one get zapped and turn into a, a pile of dust, I would have noped out of there. I would have been like, yeah, this has been good. <laughs> I will. Well, see no, that, I yeah, but no, he he told him it wasn't going to hurt. Here's here's the thing. Like <laughs> what, you know, some it? dust got lost in that carpet. So it like you're not to. even taking proper precautions. I and, don't think it was unstable from the water. I think it was unstable because there's probably still part of those dudes back in that rug. Well, well that, did there, you watch? Yeah. Did you watch Meredith, uh, Catwoman Lee Meredith when she's? Pouring the dust into the well, vials, wait, leave half that of picture. it spilling on either yeah. side of the vial back into the carpet. But, put put but that the, picture back up. I, just, I had a question about that picture because like it, this, it looks yeah. like uh, guinea pig one, four, and five have like like wardrobe pants, but two and three just seems like hey, the, they like they got them off the street. Hey, you guys, yeah, you'll do. It yeah. like, yeah. It's just crew. But, there, there was uh, a few things right before when they when they were getting the antimatter gun ready. Yeah, I believe because 
it looked to me like the hose, as an actual hose, was a little shorter than they thought it was going to be, because the Riddler had to uh, move the the base of the gun around a little bit. To... I don't know. It was just something I noticed. It was their props occasionally didn't go quite go right. There, well, and there's a lot of little scenes like that where the props are pretty weird. Um, there's a scene in there where there, where where Batman. Um, when he's initially uh, captured as, as Bruce Wayne and, and they get into this brawl and it, I forget whose trap it was that's supposed to spring and launch them out the window into the, uh, into oh, the ocean. Right. That was the Joker's, uh, Joker, Joker's, Joker's, Joker's right, trap yeah. there, whatever. If you, if you go back and look at it, it's literally this little stick figure thing or whatever that they shoot out the window <laughs> and it is the most... Yeah. It was... It was so bad for, yeah, for were, a prop. But... Yeah, and they were supposed to land in the arms of a penguin's waiting octopus. Exploding, exploding octopus. Exploding octopus. Of course, octopus. we didn't see them land in the arms of an octopus. We just saw them fall in the water and then this explosion yeah, and then in the water. Boom, yeah. Speaking um, of exploding animals and, think, <laughs> and animals that died awfully in this movie, there's the exploding shark and then there are like the four dolphins that yeah. sacrifice yes. their yeah. lives for the save Batman. That was just <laughs> awful. It's like that, you know, the, there's a good there's a good question right there. That was uh, a dark of, turn. Of all the creatures that Batman ran into, which one would you have thrown the bomb at? Because I mean, I would have saved the ducks, but you know, I'm I might have blown up the nuns. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But what would you do? What would you do, Bill? If I was running around with a bomb that I had to get yeah. rid of? Yeah. I mean, I, of course, assume that you're smart enough to know you can't carry a bomb all the way down a long pier. When it's <laughs> that thing had the longest fuse. He it was did. running yeah. around with that for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and where was Robin? Robin wasn't helping. He well, should have he been said, Robin away. He, he said he would have been better off just leaving the bomb where it was at. Right, and clearing the yeah. building. Yeah. Yeah, no. So yeah, then he clears mean, the building, clear gets everybody building. out, and then chases everybody around with the bomb. Right. Yeah, he, he <laughs> endangered like, yeah, he like did. hundreds of people just rolling around with that bomb like that. So. Yep. Assuming that this wasn't a rich person LARP. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that that whole segment of the show was sort of a metaphor for the whole movie. Batman running around with a bomb. Or in, yeah. a bomb. or in a bomb. I can say, yeah. One of I just want one 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 of the funnier lines to me is after the goons, the guinea pigs uh, disappear. Yeah, Batman gives a little speech about not messing with nature. Yeah, he does <laughs> that too. It was his hard water, disorder, right? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. But, but it was yeah, his hard does. water that caused it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. He's messing with nature to make his nuclear reactor to run the bad right. right. Yeah, I mean the the actual device works perfectly, right? It you can completely <laughs> yes. dehydrate a person to dust and yeah. then rehydrate them. Yeah. No, I still say they didn't control the dust factor enough, and it was probably not the water, oh. but the fact that they let some of that dust spill over and left in the carpet. Well, if you don't well, have all the pieces and you can't have a whole well, stable person. Right, so I don't what, know. I've taken yeah, a so lot of things. A person dust in that carpet. What's going to happen the next time somebody comes to clean that carpet and like it gets wet? Yeah. Somebody sp is there's just going to be like 
guts. Some person the sludge there. Steam person sludge. Yes. Yeah, it's bloody. Oh, as your steam cleaner. But, but in all fairness, remember? Jenna, there's been a number of times that I've disassembled some complex component into its constituent pieces and put it together and had screws left over and it still worked. <laughs> I, I I second that. I have also been there for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I don't think that, after all. <laughs> yeah. so Jenna, I don't think that that like I could definitely see them. I think it was the hard water that caused them to explode. I just think that when they rehydrated, they were probably just missing a few organs and hadn't died from that yet. Oh well, yes. let's talk about let's talk about the end. Of the movie where yes. Batman messes with nature because Commodore Schmidlap or whatever his name is dumps all of the the world leaders that had been dehydrated into one pile of of dust and Batman mm -hmm. and then sneezes on it yeah and like some goes into his nose yeah. and he sneezes the rest Batman <laughs> takes all this back to the Batcave yep there it is the molecular dust separator which is like it's really good that he has one of those on him why is it the, it the super molecular dust bat separator you know uh, what makes this even darker like what if it was a bunch of rich people like live action role playing but the the inventions were real so just for the lulls of their larping they've like <laughs> taken people that they've hired to do these things and just like turn them into dust yeah that might make a good movie in and of itself jenna but it's like, is is Batman himself not uh, only playing a little like dance with nature? Even though it's like the whole world's watching him do this because apparently he's the only one that has a bat dust separator, and it's like, right. So he gets it done, and then they go back to the UN and they start adding water, which they didn't add a lot of water. I thought no, maybe it was like drips, yeah, three cups of water for like seven people, and it's mm -hmm. like, um, and then all of a sudden they 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 burst back into existence where did the the test tube holders go you know that were thank on the you chairs? so i was thinking like it has to be all up their butts at that yes they all have to have yeah it's like oh that's Ooh. got a sting you know yeah <laughs> also like so the villains came in the villains came into this united world uh, security council meeting and just are like zapping them one at a time, and they're all just yeah. mid argument. Everyone's yeah. talking, everyone's arguing. Yeah. There it is. And That's when they've been back into existence. They're flipped away one at a time, and then they all come right back. And yeah, they're still mid argument. But the interesting thing is, is that they're not arguing in their native languages. All the languages are mixed up. So Batman screwed up. Batman yeah. made a mistake, and yeah. then they, he's like, "Well, that's uh, that's good, uh, Robin. I think it's time that we leave. Let's do it so quietly. We'll go out the window <laughs> with our bat ropes. <laughs> with our right. bat ropes. We don't want to disturb anyone. No one should notice that we're leaving. And you I know, mean, because like, you failed, Batman. You failed. Like this was also international news. Like they showed, like yes, he's this like, like, an international was, yeah. incident. Right. Yeah. It's like. And the rehydration process was being followed around the world as world leaders that were announcing. That face just looks guilty, like, oh, status. shit. And, <laughs> it's, and it's light Ooh. water soft. Oops. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, so they mixed the world leaders up. Yep. They and definitely had some of that captain snot in each of the world leaders. 
Because <laughs> he sneezed yeah. in the well, dust. Did you notice that some of the tubes had less and more when they were like originally dehydrated, and then when Batman reseparated them, they were all equal? Yes. So something like the blue one especially if you watch the show the blue one in the test tubes that the the joker and the villains took was much lower and then batman resorted them and are all the same length and it's like so did he add stuff is there is there now more stuff or did he like even out the stuff just take some stuff mm -hmm. from other people and it's like, i mean it wouldn't have been the right color robin and, and i like you would think yeah you yeah, yeah robin like did. And I like right, it. There we go. Those... There we go. That's that's the villain uh, test tubes right there, and they're of different uh, lengths. It's like so some have more dust than others, and different well, colors. Maybe because they were the snorting some of them, you know, maybe for the lulls of the villain. Maybe so. Yeah. How often can you get like Ooh. world leaders that you can you can you can roll up? A and that America is <laughs> crazy. You guys got to try some of this America. Try some of this, yeah. <laughs> try some of America. Now I just want to blow shit up. <laughs> well, if you could be one character in that movie, which character would you be? We'll start with Chris. Um, I would be the... Uh, but... <laughs> I'd be the military admiral guy that's really not working on that part. <laughs> All right. Uh, Seth? I... I would be the. Uh, I, I want to be on the bat uh, copter crew. I want to be the bat ground crew. That's All a right. that's a nice stable job right there. Just have yeah. the bat copter ready. All right, John. I got I gotta agree with Seth because then you could like go places and say, yeah, I work for Batman. And, <laughs> yeah. All right, this Jenna, is my who... bat jumper, and I mean, yeah. like yeah. people really respect Batman in this town. They like, do. It's like, I work for Batman. So it's like, yeah, here we go. Like, at the beginning, people saw the Batcopter flying. Yeah, they were and the saluting. Police, like, take yep. off their hats. All right. All right, uh, Jenna. And if you don't say Catwoman, I'll be really sad. It would be Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Charles. Why, why are you trying to profile Jenna into the only thing? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I think she'd make a great Catwoman. Hmm. <laughs> I have been Catwoman multiple times for Halloween over uh, multiple years since yeah. since the Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer Catwoman. As long as it's as long as it's your choice and not pressure from Bill to conform to such <laughs> holes in his head. This is my surprised face, Jenna. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> All right, Charles. How about you? Not that I didn't know. Well, I, I guess I choose the. Uh, there's the scene where I think they're in the helicopter. With uh, uh, beach models and the um, <laughs> the the, yeah, the what was that one guy, what was that one guy who looked like their handler? He was yeah, just no, like, I, I want to be I want to be that workout instructor. Was that what he was? He just it's like I don't know. It's like he's just the top of the building. Yeah, in a red jumpsuit giving high five. Up to oh yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah, Gotham right. had become. Did anyone else get the sense that Gotham had actually become Miami? I feel like that was part it of the did, problem. It, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt, yeah, it's like that. Like, that took a call out there. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, that's that's something that always like struck me as weird about the show is that anytime you'd see like Batman driving to or from the Batcave, it didn't look like he was in an urban area. It looked like he was in the Midwest, oh, just like yeah. out in a small town somewhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's well, like I think that. for me, I would in a, be in a uh, ramble out by Wahoo. He just comes to the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I would be one of the one of the evil masterminds, but um, I would have to be a different character. I'd have to be like the punster. They're all punsters, though. <laughs> they all are. That's what makes it classic. Right. I think right. you. No, I think you're the Riddler. Like yeah. you're, you're the guy who makes those terrible, terrible riddles that have these completely insane answers. Right. Yeah, but somehow like, Batman manages to figure out. And he's the, he's the Riddler on this show because in re, in in I was going to say in reality, but it, it, <laughs> in in the normal Riddler, I think of the Riddler as more of a um, a trickster uh, mm-hmm. trying to show people reality as it really is. The Riddler on this show is just basically a terrible punster, and that's you, Bill. You are literally <laughs> the Adam West Batman Riddler. And delivering them in incredibly ridiculous ways, using a Polaris rocket to skywrite <laughs> really terrible riddles. With... Yeah, right. <laughs> like, that is, yeah. that is yeah. like, your yeah. idea. And the Riddler life, pulled out his Tesla say. coil and rode in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, um, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but seeing all these ridiculous weapons and everything really made me miss con season because I felt like anything yeah. in there, you could make yourself and just have a lot of fun. I making have that pop. con season oh, every day for the last like five months. It's just like, <laughs> I want a con so bad. It, I know. Did you guys like see just like how happy the Riddler was every time he got to shoot off one of those rockets. And it and it did it. You actually are right. It reminded me of Bill. He was a very <laughs> joyful character. <laughs> but Bill seems to just be so proud of himself when he throws up a stinker. <laughs> it's like you do, Bill. You know you do. You no. think it's like, yeah, oh yeah. They're all oh, yeah. accidental, John. No, 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 no. Well, in that case, there should be some kind of regulation. If, if that's accidental you need therapy but it's like damn now you well, are, are should we uh should we move on to our next subjects here we got uh, uh jenna's got, gonna have to cut out a little bit early on us uh she's got some things to do so we got about 15 got, minutes or so left for yeah i got one question i want to ask you guys yeah about the movie what was your favorite bat device I, it, like it, we was, saw it bat was rope bat ooh. It was the, oh, the bat device that ran out of batteries. Oh yeah, the one yeah. bat was that batteries? That no, that's actually shut up, Bill. Just <laughs> shut it, shut it. To <laughs> <laughs> their point earlier, people. Uh, but there was a like, uh, a bat that, device that, they were using <laughs> uh, to try and control the torpedoes. I think was it. A bad uh, so energy to, direction, yeah. something. Well, the radio yeah. thing that they used to set off the torpedoes. He's talking. Yeah, about. and then the batteries died. I'm like, really, Batman? Really? But it's like I was thinking during that time because they talked about reversing the polarity. Did they do it first, or did Star Trek do it first? Because it's like '66 would have been when they were rolling out the new Star Treks. You know, the the original series. So, <laughs> did they do reverse polarity? Did Did Star Trek still reverse the polarity from Batman? It's possible. Like, that's Maybe. awesome. That is <laughs> my 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 invention. My my is, is all the sprays, all those neat repellent sprays, because it's like they seem that shark I mean, repellent. Yeah, barracuda do not exist in Gotham. They couldn't. <laughs> I don't know why. That's what I'm you telling you. Barrac- it's in Miami now. 
I don't. Do they exist in Miami? I thought it was even further south, I mean, uh, south than that. But it's like rivers, barracudas are. Yeah, rivers. I mean, Reverse where was the where was the ill-tempered sea bass bat repellent? We need that. It's like how many? It's like was that just? Did we see just a limited selection of all of the things? Yeah, that, yeah. They, they seem the to only have four. Uh, manta ray, damn! Isn't uh, that's like Australia, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got the penguin there, and I guess fish are his thing in this show, so you've got to be prepared for any weird thing that... And the thing was, like, the penguin knew about the shark repellent. Ah! (laughs) He had shark repellent! Who could have known? Yeah, why didn't he use his octopus then? (laughs) I'll I'll use a horseshoe crab next time. I'm sure he doesn't have horseshoe crab repellent. (laughs) (laughs) He just, he projects like the the horseshoe crabs onto people's faces. It's like the rubber horseshoe crabs. (laughs) Like something out of Alien? Yes. (laughs) Oh, like like the face hugger horseshoe crabs are going to Yes. All right, well, that was my question. I don't know. All right. Oh. <laughs> all right well listen one thing um sort of uh, one additional uh, sad note for 2020 was the death of james randy who was um a uh, great paranormal debunker right he would go out and debunk a lot of these people that claim to be you know uh, religious people that were reading people and um telling them, you know, about their lost loved ones or any kind of uh, paranormal type stuff, he would debunk it. And he actually had a um, James Randi, what was it, an award uh, for anybody that could prove uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt that the paranormal or supernatural existed. And uh, that was like for a million dollars, which remained unclaimed for what, the last 20 years? Mm-hmm. Um, the amazing Randy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so he's he's pretty famous. There's a lot of uh, uh, stuff on YouTube. If you've never heard of him, you can go out to YouTube and just look up the amazing Randy and you'll see. Uh, I some think of his he was a mentor feats. to Penn and Teller or one yeah. of the, the people. Yeah. yeah, he was a mentor to them. Yep. Yeah. There he is. So he, mm. he started off as a magician, the amazing Randy. And then uh, he. He, he became famous for figuring out how uh, different people were kind of, were scamming o- other people. Uh, he kind of got a lot of fame through uh, through just like tearing Yuri Geller down on uh, uh, the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, Yuri Geller, if you don't know, was a, a mentalist, I believe, from in the 70s, 60s, 70s, sometime 70s, around then. Yeah, that, and he could, you know, uh, supposedly use his mind to bend spoons and things like that. Yeah, and I've actually seen this clip of like one of Yuri Geller's things is that he would set, lay a book down open, and then with the power of his mind, he would flip the pages. And so he was going to do this on Johnny Carson. And uh, and James Randi is like, okay, well, there's a few different ways he could be doing this, including just like fucking blowing on the pages to get them to turn. Uh-huh. And so what they did is they like spread out these little like little 
other little pieces of paper like packing peanuts or things that would be blown away if he was just going <laughs> and, and you just got to see Yuri going no no the thing is not with me tonight I can't do it <laughs> it's not working it's your power of dis your disbelief it's not it's ruining <laughs> ruining his, his show and you gotta see that like a couple different times as and like every any time uh randy would do something like this as he would just like uh anyone who came he, he would come up with an experiment that if their abilities were real they'd be able to do it but yeah. uh-huh there was one i think there was one famous one where uh <clears throat> there was a, a guy down in Central or South America um, that was supposedly this a great preacher that could, um, you know, he was in touch with God and God was telling him about people and all these believers would go and hear about, you know, their ailments and what their future was meant to bring and all this kind of stuff. And so he went down there specifically, realized what they were doing um, in that, you know, uh, this guy had pop off. Yeah, they had uh, greeters at the door that would greet people as they came in and yeah. they would get information about those people, what they were there. Well, what brings you here to see, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's and, what the preachers here in America have done too. Yeah. Like they've had people like greet people at the door or read stuff and then feed them stuff in a mic in our ear. Yeah, right. they, they would fill out prayer cards. Mm -hmm. So you would fill out this card and for other people to pray for you so that your issue would be resolved they'd take those cards and then his wife or peter popoff's wife was on one end of the microphone like reading these cards to him into his ear in his ear mm -hmm. and james randy found the frequency was in the audience and found the radio frequency yeah and that you would have think that would have destroyed peter popoff no, he's still doing his thing. He went to jail for a while, I think, but now he's back and he's still a pre a televangelist. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to dissuade true believers. <clears throat> well, yeah. speaking speaking of the paranormal, we've had a couple of good shows out, series out this Halloween with which to enjoy. Um, the Haunting of Bly Manor, which just yes. ended. Uh, wasn't as creepy as season one but it is like a nice little i because like there's people who are really sensitive to horror movies and i'm trying to get them to watch this for the halloween season because mm -hmm. i don't think it's too terrifying but it's it's definitely got a lot of characters you come to care about yeah it's it, a it, good ghost story yeah mm -hmm. is it a ghost story or a love story both i mean both i mean yeah. yeah same it's the same thing as jamie said at the end there of the movie go. right yeah so that's a good one i would recommend watching that one um also lovecraft country just ended and uh who else has seen the end of lovecraft country or chris i think you're almost there i haven't finished it i have one left yeah well, we still have it it's well that. worth the watch yeah I'm, yeah it's it's a good ending um i'm interested in where it's going to go with for season two um if it'll follow that same family or if it'll follow a different family i don't know well i mean lovecraft the, i don't i will need to see the end and hear from my wife who's also who's read the book <laughs> like because she'll know if that encompasses the whole book so I well mean, I, I i i think they left themselves some options open for 
sticking with the family, that's for sure. And even bringing back, well, even uh, they left some options open. Yeah. So, yeah, recommend uh, watching that one. That was very good. Good ending. Um, very satisfying ending. Um, and then um, the series Evil, which uh, I know Chris that's and I have Netflix started watching. Now on netflix that is very good you know it kind of reminds me of um the whole x files in a way a little bit yeah Um, because you want to tell them about it chris yeah so there was someone follows um basically a uh a priest uh who's played by or a guy in training to be a priest i should say uh, Mike Coulter, who, if you've watched the uh, Luke Cage, uh, which I will watch there. Evil just for him. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a priest in training, and his job is to kind of go around and deal with um, these unexplained mysteries that the church is kind of investigating. And he recruits a uh, a uh, psychologist uh, woman there, Kristen, and uh, a uh, I guess a kind of a a guy who believes science pretty much explains everything. Um, and uh, they kind of go around and, and, and deal with things dealing with, you know, demonic possession, uh, you know, realistic nightmare, house hauntings, uh, hackers, uh, sociopathic kids. It's, it's all, it's all kind of in there. So I've, I've watched the first few episodes and so far it's been really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely start out with a creepy tone and then it kind of takes some other directions and uh, it's all been pretty good. Um, I like the, uh, it's like the, it sounds like the X-Files a bit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like uh, that Asif Manji. Um, yeah. Manvi that's in it. Uh, he plays, uh, so there's three of them that go around and investigate these different um, supernatural occurrences. Uh, and they're doing it on behalf of the Catholic Church. And so the one guy, uh, Mike Coulter, uh, he's actually studying to become a priest. Right. Yep. And so he kind of leads this um, group of uh, assessors, uh, I think is what they call them. And they go out and they assess these claims to see if they're real on behalf of the church. And uh, so he's, of course, suddenly be a priest. So he's a, a true believer in this whole thing. But he has uh, these two other people working with him. Asif Manji uh, plays uh, their technical guy. Yeah. And so he's always looking for the technical explanation of how this thing was done. If, in fact, it was hoaxed or even if it wasn't hoaxed and the people actually believe that it's really happened what was causing it. Um, I'll give you one, one example from the show in that um, this woman's husband uh, murders a number of, of families and he's in prison for it. And they're investigating it. And there's some suspicion that he may be inhabited by a demon. He's, ex, you know, mm-hmm. exhibiting demonic behavior as he's being interrogated in his cell and they go talk to the man's wife. And she said, yeah, she said, you know, this started, you know, X number of months ago, I'd go down and find him in the kitchen, just standing and staring into the open refrigerator. And I would hear this, you know, demonic murmurings kind of thing. And she actually had recorded it on her cell phone and you hear it, you know, it's kind of like type, I just sounds, picture right? he was like hiding the fact he was eating potato chips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's I mean, what, what, popped, what popped into my head was like, is it Zool? Because <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> right. And so anyway, so uh, Asaf Manji's character, he does his own investigating. And what he finds out is that uh, there's a thing that can happen in your automatic dishwashers whereby soap begins to clog the drain and it creates this mm -hmm. uh, cloture kind of a, a, a process where the water gets what, caught in there. What's that motion again, Bill? Yeah, the water, the water gets caught <laughs> in there and uh, and then it bubbles up and then it slowly drains out. And that makes that exact exact yep. same sound. And uh, so, you know, she's uh, horrified to learn that maybe he's not uh, in, infested with a demon after all. Um, so his character is pretty good. So he's doing that whole kind of shtick in the show. And then uh, the woman that's in it. Uh, I think that, yeah, uh, Katja Herbers is her name. Uh, she plays a, uh, a psychologist that um, testifies in court. Uh, she goes and um, examines uh, witnesses on bay, uh, for the district attorney's office and mm -hmm. pre presents her findings. Well, is this person competent to stand trial, whatever? Mm -hmm. And she ends up getting hired by David Acosta to help him with his um, investigations because he wants to do a thorough investigation. He doesn't want to, you know, um, bias it on the, the side of the church. So he wants to look at all aspects. And uh, so it's, yeah, it's a pretty good show. A lot, a lot like the X-Files where you had the whole Scully and Mulder thing where Mulder was a believer and Scully was the skeptic and they're kind of going at it from different viewpoints. So yeah, it's pretty good. And, and I think the cast has a really good chemistry too. What do you think, Chris? They do. Yeah. yeah. And, and one, one important thing to note with, um, uh, David Acosta, the, the main guy in priest and training, is is they set the tone in the in that first episode. It's like, hey, you know, you don't mind that I'm not a believer or anything like that, and you know, anybody just says, no, you're just here to help me determine what's what's a real mystery that I can dive into and what's not. That's why I need. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought that was that was important. Is that you know he doesn't judge him or anything like that. And all of them, I think, so far have their own kind of demons that you'll get into uh, as you go into the series. Yeah. Now um, there is one. Sorry, there is one recurring character, um, Michael Emerson, who yeah. uh, a lot of people will recognize from Lost and uh, a couple of other series as well. Um, he's in this and he plays a, an actual demon. Um, of course, he looks like uh, also a, a clinical psychologist, uh, just like uh, uh, Katja Ebers plays, only mm -hmm. his whole purpose is to try to get the guilty people released and the innocent people incarcerated because he knows that when an innocent person gets incarcerated after their second prison rape, they start going down the bad road. And so mm -hmm. he is trying to send everything in a bad direction. And I thought mm -hmm. it was very interesting. Um, there was one, one episode where he's sitting in a coffee shop and there's, I don't know if you've seen that one, Chris, yet, where the kid goes into the coffee shop and the, the waitress, you know, because uh, he always orders a blueberry muffin. So she calls him Mr. Blueberry or whatever, right? Oh, and, no, I hadn't seen that one yet, but go, okay. go ahead. Anyway, so he goes up to order. Well, he's he's uh, very attracted to the waitress there at the, the place. So he goes up to place his order and she says, what can I get for you today? And then he's like, he's like, well, you know, um, I find you very attractive. I'd like to maybe go out with you, this sort of thing. And she says, well, that's, you know, that's very nice of you, but you know, I'm already in a relationship, you know, and um, you know, 
can I just go ahead and get your order? And <clears throat> so mm-hmm. anyway, so he just walks, walks away and that probably would have been the end of it. But this um, Michael Emerson's character plays Dr. Leland. I can't remember his last name um, is sitting in the, the cafe. And as the guy goes walking by, he said, uh, he said, you know, you have every right to be angry. And he stops and he says, what? Because he was sitting at like at the other end of the restaurant. And I don't think there's any way he could have actually heard the conversation, but somehow he mm-hmm. knew exactly what had transpired. And he said, he said, well, she's playing you. You can obviously see she's playing you. She knows what she's doing, you know, and he, he takes him down this road where uh, it's, you know, you can see where this demonic influence mm-hmm. is taking him down the road of becoming one of these incels right um or these these guys that you know are attacking women online and it yeah. ends up forcing him to go back and actually confront this woman and uh yeah it's uh it, it that was kind of a you know uh a, an interesting episode to watch so yeah definitely gonna have to pick it up yeah i think so yeah, what I want to see, like I watched the first episode and it was really good. I liked, I really liked the the monster design they did for George the demon. Yes, the, yeah. The, the doctor yeah. sees in her dreams, in maybe her dreams. Right. Uh, yeah. But what I'd like to see, what I'd really like to see out of this, is only a set number of seasons. Like they tell, they do the anime thing where they've got. X number of episodes, X number of seasons where they tell one story and they don't drag it on for as long as they can keep. Yeah, don't try and make an eight, nine, ten season thing out of it. Yeah, because like uh, it's got that feeling for me that uh, a lot of these network shows like Bones or something have. Supernatural or something where it starts getting dragged out. Yeah. I'm at that point watching Supernatural. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, not having read the book, I was a little worried about that with Lovecraft uh, country also, because there's a lot of little each each since each episode had its own plot. I was almost standalone. I could see them dragging it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I'm just they, luckily they did it, but yeah, I, I'm kind of worried about evil going on too long. Like it's oh. Starts off really, really good and strong, but then like <laughs> my my only my only potential disagreement with that is there has been a trend over the last couple of years of canceling shows that we would have otherwise liked to have seen gone longer, and I don't know some of the underlying reasons of that, but there's been a lot of shows as well that just you know getting to that third, fourth, fifth season is extremely hard. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I don't know the underlying reason behind that, but we do see a lot of networks canceling things in, in waves, um, mm-hmm. just trying to, to move on to other things. And I, I'm not sure whether that's just trying to spice it up or um, laziness or what it is. But well, I think in some cases, it might be financially motivated because if you have a show that's an expensive to produce because of a, all the special effects in it. Right. Um, yep. Based on you know the viewership, that might have an impact on it as well. So, but I'm also trying to figure out like how much money do they really need to make on it? What what are they what are they setting the benchmark as to be successful? Because sure. how much money they're making the viewers seems to be you know you see something that's relatively better than other shows out there, and it still gets canceled. You right. saw that a lot with the Marvel certain a lot of the Marvel shows, your Luke Cage, your um, 
blanking on them right now, but there's a bunch of those and, and some DC shows that all just died. Mm-hmm. You know, in a matter of like a year or two. So well, I think um, the Marvel shows got like canned so that uh, Disney can like start. I agree with that. So there, there's a reason for that one. Yeah. Yeah. But every season of those of the Netflix Marvel shows were a self-contained story. Like you could get a second season of it or a third season and it would right. be another self-contained story. So you'd watch it and it would be like you'd watch the whole season and it's one story across the season. Whereas something like evil, it's like the uh, monster of the week thing and kind of like supernatural as well or bones, something like that, where every week they need a new idea by season five. They're just like there. There is a little bit more in evil, though. There there is some character backstory they're building on, although very lightly. Um, You've got Kristen's story with Kristen's uh, the psychologist, uh, her husband's away doing this mountain climbing thing you've got um uh david uh the 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 priest in training who comes to have some kind of a drug problem or something um and then i'm not really sure with um the the third guy the uh the technology guy i keep blanking on his name but he i'm not sure really what his vice is maybe some family drama with just not enough god so yes right so it'll be interesting to see where, where they take those things. But overall, yeah, every episode's pretty much a standalone case of the week kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Which I've enjoyed so far. So yeah. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm looking forward to watching more. Yeah. yeah. Same here. So I think the last uh, thing to talk about on our little paranormal uh, excursion here. Was... I, 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 I do want to throw I, I have over the years become a little lost phobic. I think the way I put it. Lost, lost phobic. I know there's a <laughs> reference to lost, but I mean, well, where, well, where you get into a series and it's not really ever going to end, and then they're probably going to cancel it, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, lost. You, so lost. I mean, they they go, let them end it. They let them go yeah. to the end, but it was always kind it of. It was like, not very satisfying. You don't believe that they actually knew how it was going to end when they started it. I'd call mm-hmm. that Star Wars sequels, but yeah, you go ahead. You can call it Lost too, I guess, but. Well, yeah, yeah. No, I can see same, that. same thing. Yeah. So anyway, um, or, or or Independence Day resurgence would be the absolute pinnacle of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. One one last show I would throw out there, which is uh, a Hulu series, uh, Hellstrom. Oh yeah. Uh, one, what is that about? Um, a brother and sister apparently who are children to like some famous Van Van Helsing or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the reviews on it didn't look great, but from the preview, I'm still going to watch it. I don't always agree with critics, but um, that's another kind of horror drama supposedly based in like a Marvel standalone universe. But um, I don't really see how yet, but we'll have to watch it. But that one's supposed to be another kind of horror thing that came out recently. So okay. maybe cool. worth watching. So, and along the lines of the paranormal, I did go, uh, we talked uh, briefly about or mentioned last show about the Museum of Shadows here in Omaha, which um, bills itself as the largest single collection of paranormal artifacts in the world. And um, so I actually went down and checked it out um, a week ago. And um, it was interesting. I, I, uh, 
wasn't really going to go until I drove down there. They open like at two o'clock in the afternoon. They're open like two to 10 or something. And um, happened to be driving downtown. It was uh, Friday. Uh, I feared it would be packed because it's Halloween season. And uh, we got downtown and there were no cars parked on the entire block. So I'm like, okay, well, it's two o'clock. Maybe we, maybe we should risk it, go in and check it out. Because right now where we're at, the coronavirus is in its second surge. In fact, we've got what nationwide, the highest number of cases we've ever had during the pandemic. So mm-hmm. we were a little bit nervous about going anywhere where there were going to be a lot of people. Uh, there's a nice picture of it. Uh, it's what it looks like. So anyway, we, we parked there. We went in. Um, they had just opened. So obviously they'd been... I uh, had no guests in there for almost 24 hours. And um, so we went in, there were two people behind the counter there helping us. They uh, had the face masks on, which was nice. And we were wearing our face masks. Uh, when you go in, they uh, take your temperature with a, um, a thermal temperature reader so they can verify that you're not sick. Um, and they also make you wash your hands with hand sanitizer. Uh, you have to sign in, you have to sign an agreement that you will not use your cell phone because um, they are in an agreement with Amazon for a series <clears throat> on Amazon, which you can find, <clears throat> excuse me, which you can find out there now called um, uh, Museum of Shadows. If you look that up, you'll find it. And um, so you have to sign that agreement that you won't use any cell phones, take any pictures or anything. Um, and then at that point, you have the option of it's $15 a person to go in. They give you a flashlight because when you go into the room, they've got it dimly lit with like these blue blue light bulbs. It kind of casts a eerie twilight glow over everything. Um, it's all about the ambiance, right? And uh, so you can do that or... Uh, for $25, they will give you a uh, black light flashlight or UV flashlight <clears throat> so that you can look for blood splatters on the murder implements that they have um, or other bodily fluids. Um, we just opted to go with the $15 deal because I don't really care to see bodily fluids. I'll just assume that they're there. Um, <clears throat> Pretty safe assumption. Yeah. They're always there. So we went in. I'd say the bulk of it was dolls a lot of people donate dolls creepy dolls i don't do dolls yeah they're all all over the place all over the place and um yeah Mm -mm. that's that's one of the famous dolls they have there uh alma is her name supposedly she blinks she'll turn her head um hang on just a second Sorry, I had to clear my throat there. Um, so she's one of the creepy dolls. So every one of the artifacts in there has a little sign next to it. And the sign describes the artifact, where it came from, um, what sort of paranormal events are associated with that artifact, why it's there. Where did you and find the picture? It's on the internet. All right. Um, so uh, they've got, uh, anyway, a lot of dolls. They have um, a couple of caskets um, that were for children. Um, most of them were f- found like on the side of the road after <clears throat> a flood or something. Um, um, they have uh, some embalming tables, um, of course, uh, axes and different murder implements. Um, they have a whole wall of Ouija boards that people have sent in. And then you go down the basement 
<clears throat> excuse me, God. Um, you, then you go down the basement and um, they've got more artifacts down there. And then there's part of the basement is sort of uh, fenced off from the rest of the basement, sort of like a, a corral fence. It's not something you couldn't get through, but they basically have a narrow opening there. They have a sign there that says, warning, the artifacts in this area are associated with particularly toxic and malevolent entities enter at your own risk. We do suggest that before and after you go in, you dip your hands in the holy water and do the sign of the cross kind of a thing. And that when you're leaving, you tell the entities goodbye so that they don't follow you home, this sort of thing. And uh, you're going to those things. Well, um, I did not because there was no water in the holy water receptacle (laughs) due to COVID. (laughs) Due to COVID, there's no water. So so I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking to myself, I wonder how many people have left here infested with demons or possessed by demons, because apparently an infestation happens to a structure, a possession happens to an individual. So I wonder how many people have left possessed because they couldn't do the holy water exit when they left and, and purge themselves of the demons. Um, well, I mean, that would probably, I am assuming you're not haunted. So that probably explains why right. you're not haunted. Right. All the demons have already left with other people. That's what I'm saying. Cause there's gotta be, there. There you go. yeah. uh, although they say the demons are legion. So maybe there's enough for everybody. I don't know, but <laughs> anyway, you, you go into that area. Well, they, they've got, it's, a- the, it's, it's all about market forces, isn't it, Bill? Yeah, it like, is. It is. You gotta have enough demons for, to satisfy demand. <laughs> Absolutely. So you go in there, they've got supposedly what's billed as an actual shrunken head. Um, They have uh, some human skulls. Uh, They have some dice made out of human bones. Uh, They have um, a uh, cow skeleton um, uh, screwed into one wall that was supposedly used in some sort of satanic ritual. Um, uh, Some creepy satanic statues um uh, interestingly they have a a uh oh it's about a you know foot tall statue of baphomet which you know is uh looks like the one that the satanic church has been trying to put on court grounds this uh, is starting to there. sound this is starting to sound like uh like a circus or a, a, a carnival sideshow tent well it's like you got some like really yeah. kind of dumbass stuff here yeah like, well uh, it, like you know what it reminded me of skeletons if it if it wasn't for the dimly lit blue lights throughout the place and the fact we were running around with flashlights if it had been normal lighting i would have felt like i was in one of those antique stores looking at stuff um that's kind of the overall vibe i got um but uh, this this baphomet statue that was about so tall um that uh, supposedly is is haunted by the devil himself or something they also sell um an exact copy of that in the gift store upstairs um if you want to have if you want to have your own to take home with you it's for a hundred dollars something like that um okay so satan the the lord of lies dawn bringer the first fallen angel haunts this 
this uh hey, thank you for giving statue. three names three names for satan i appreciate that because i was unclear <laughs> so, thank Haunts you this foot tall statue in a little museum <laughs> in nebraska yes right well you know it might just be a part-time <laughs> gig yeah it's like Satan's got a vaca vacay too, you know. It's like that doesn't sound like much of a vacation. Why not haunt a tree down in Tahiti? I don't know what Satan wants. Look, maybe he just go maybe he just goes there when he wants to meet with all of the other demons that are trapped in artifacts. I, I think if I could, if I could I, I'd like to have a haunted room in my yeah. house. And that way, every time you had company over, you go, whatever you do, don't go in there because it's haunted and then see how long it takes. Well, listen, mean, nothing's anyway. stopping you from doing that anyway, The compulsion from the evil. Here, here was my thought. And make you guys... it the bathroom so people have to make choices. That <laughs> 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 well, is a perfect bathroom statue. Yeah, it's not a here, bad idea. Here was my thought. I, I voiced this to Linda the other day and a couple of friends. And my thought was I go to an antique store and I find some creepy statue and I bring it home and I write this story around it and I send it to the museum to see if it gets incorporated into the museum and becomes an episode, an upcoming episode of one of their Amazon series where they try to talk to the statue I sent them and they report it as being haunted be because of all great. these strange things happen. They Go to have next an Amazon series? It, yeah, they do an Amazon series. Go to Next Millennium. Shows. Next Millennium has some freaky statues. All right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm just... It just sounds like a, a tourist trappy kind of yeah, pretty much. Tishy place to me. Mm -hmm. Well, that seems to be the thing. Didn't uh, didn't Ricketts do the Bigfoot? Oh yeah, yeah. He won't do Humanist Day, but he'll make it a Bigfoot Day. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things he won't sign, right? Bigfoot mm -hmm. isn't even in Nebraska. There's no. Oh, no, it's very frustrating. No forest for Bigfoot. What you, the you know, hell? There's a, there's a lot of people that would disagree with you on that. <laughs> Where, where's Bigfoot he could be, hide in the he corn? Could, he could well, be in I'm Fontenot not, Forest. I'm not, a pro, I'm not pro Bigfoot. It's, I'm just telling you. What if he's in? He might be in Fontenot Forest. <laughs> <laughs> wow! No, no? for the uh, summer. We're not all crazy here in Nebraska. Oh, hey. oh! Uh, listen, I will tell you the highlight of the museum was this: in the basement. There is a military dress uniform that is supposedly very haunted. And the person said that this uniform belonged to a paratrooper in World War II. Uh, they went over and, and were parachuted into Nazi-occupied Nazi Europe. Uh, they, the, the plane got shot down. They bailed out. Apparently this guy, I don't know if he landed in the trees or whatever, but he was shot. Uh, by the Germans and just left there hanging to die. And apparently they got his uniform back. It's, uh, it's horribly haunted. Weird things happen. Um, so they donated it to the museum. So the museum sent it off to have its provenance verified to some sort of a detective organization, uh, private detectives, I don't know. Anyway, so they 
had it analyzed and they came back and they said, well, first of all, this uniform is made with fabrics that were available only in the 1960s. So it couldn't have been used by someone in World War hmm. II. Uh, they said the uniform is not a standard paratrooper uniform. So they said the paratrooper insignia was obviously added later. The medals on the chest are just um, medals from different services that someone going into those services would have been given within their six months, first six months of duty anyway. So they don't show any remarkable um, uh, piece of, you know, soldiering um, sort of a thing. So pretty much this whole provenance thing disputed everything that this uniform was about. So in my mind, I look at that and I say, well, okay, the same is most likely true of 90% of these other objects in there. There's maybe 10% of them where, where somebody reports uh, the genuine story of the article where, you know, maybe weird things happen. And are I'm you, not saying- are you are you saying that the, the museum has the debunked uh, stuff listed or did you find that somewhere else? No, the museum had this listed on this uniform. They had, they had well, the good. card below the card that said what it was supposed to be. They had the card that did, which I thought okay. was kind of strange because then that immediately led me to doubt everything else in the museum. Well, you should have anyway. But it's definitely <laughs> still haunted, like, Well, right? yeah, I did. Oh, definitely if, still if, haunted, if, apparently. If the word haunted comes up, you should be doubting it anyway. But. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. And so, in my mind, maybe 10% of the items in there came from somebody that really believed that those items were haunted and that had a true story for their origin and, you know, why they think they're haunted, not that they're really haunted. The rest of it, in my mind, is probably fake stuff that people probably sent in. Who knows? Well, it's, it all sounds like showmanship, like the whole, oh, yeah. the whole going around with a flashlight. That's just yeah. purely putting you in the right frame of mind to be scared. Right. And the whole like going into the spooky basement yes. where you have to like cross yourself beforehand. <laughs> yeah, with holy water. And then they mm -hmm. also have a TV in there that's playing footage that they've captured from some of their surveillance cameras at night. So it's, of course, you know, using that uh, night vision footage, right? So mm -hmm. it's, you know, that weird green color. And um, so you see, you know, it'll look all quiet in the museum. And then all of a sudden a doll will fall off a shelf. But of course, this museum is downtown off of Douglas Street, which has tons of truck traffic. And as you're walking around the building, you can even sometimes feel some of the heavier trucks rumbling down the road. And, uh, so and something could have vibrated off the shelf. And you're you are assuming that they didn't just like put a little thing in one of the dolls that a is like a line. remote control thing that just like yeah. puts it off the shelf. Right, right. Because you can't see that, especially not with the night vision camera. So you know um, there are uh, people that you'll see online. Um, when you watch some of these videos uh, that they have on on Amazon, uh, there's comments posted, and uh, some of the people will say, "Or oh, no, I'm sorry, it was like I think um, advertisement for it on YouTube." 
and people have posted comments. A number of them will say, oh my God, yes, I felt so much when I went to the museum. It's just full of spirits and all this kind of, and other people are like, this is the biggest hoax and waste of $15 I've ever spent in my life. So, you know, it kind of runs the gamut there. So, you know, uh, I would encourage a healthy dose of skepticism going into anything like that. If you go in, you're spending $15, know that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if oh. they had like a ghost note going. It's it's uh, something infrared, inf, uh, infrasound, like oh. uh, a really low frequency. I actually sent Charles some articles about that. Mm. Um, it's it's common in these kind of attractions. You can't hear it. You can just feel it. Mm. And it's after a while, you start to feel like a low level grade fear. Oh, okay. Because the sound mm. causes it. So, so it's designed to elicit that some that of these you. things. Oh, yeah. It's, it's that's the idea that's that's what this is all about is making people feel things mm-hmm. and it's like that is just that's low-hanging fruit right there because you can't hear it it's not really expensive they're not hard to make um mm. and it's like the you know if you have an attraction that you're supposed to be a little spooky this Ooh. this makes it spooky yeah, is there any way like, to detect yeah. that like can you bring some can, can you detect that somehow uh, I mean, I guess you could record it and then play it back later. Some really technical yeah. audio equipment stuff. Probably. Yeah, but I, while you're there, I don't think you can because you really can't hear it. You just feel it. It's like. Well, so, yeah. be a thing with the sound that in, induces hallucinations because it matches the eyeball frequency. No, that's so, not what I sent you, but. No, maybe that's something I just found. Hmm. But, well, uh, there's so, a lot of ways of there's a lot of different ways essentially that a lot of these places can trick you into feeling things. First of all, you know the reduced dim blue lighting and the requirement for flashlight. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Sort of put you into a an environment that you're not used to, right? Which mm-hmm. automatically triggers your danger sense. It, it sort of heightens that sense of alert danger that that you feel. So then, any small thing gets amplified beyond the point which it normally would in a normally lit environment. Well, you can go, uh, and then they. They send you into the the basement, and right. before you go into the basement, they tell you that it's dangerous, very and dangerous, what to expect, right. very toxic, right? Yeah, and you know the mind usually finds a way to make things happen if you expect them to happen. So, uh, not a far. I mean, reach. it sounds sounds pretty much like a haunted house. Yeah, it's like open year round. Yeah, in a sense, that what it was. That's that's kind of what it, i would classify it as only without the jump scares yeah so you just go through and you read all these different things and these horror and and of course the more you read about the horrifying um past of these different artifacts whether they were used in murders or satanic rituals or suicides or whatever the more you read that the more you get primed to expect supernatural things to happen so uh, 18.98 hertz is the sound that causes these subliminal feelings so interesting and it also sounds like it's very christian centric well, well, like yeah. the holy water and yeah, the right. satanic rituals the, the, yeah the the spirits so, are involved are definitely christian centric you don't see anyone fearing like vishnu or anything like that yeah it's like what what would a 
a Hindu person just be going through there like this, this is all bullshit, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't right. know why you guys believe in this. Yeah. Right. So anyway, there you have it. That's my report from deep within the bowels of the most uh, the largest single collection of haunted artifacts in the world. I went, so I lived. I'm back. One, is it worth your fifteen dollars? Yeah. Two, how worried did the employees look about being haunted themselves? Well, I actually asked them that uh, as we were leaving. Um, I said, now, have you guys experienced any haunted, you know, mm -hmm. any paranormal things where you're, oh, yes, oh, yes. Well, have of any of you, have. yeah, have any of you actually ever spent the night in this place? Oh, no, we won't stay here, you know, past 10 o'clock or midnight. I can't remember what time. Midnight? Why wouldn't you stay past that? I mean, so. I don't know. They, they won't, no, they won't spend the night here because it's uh, demon party time after dark. You demon know, with, party doesn't start until after midnight. Those demons, yeah. they party hard. Knocking the doll off a shelf once in a while. <laughs> right. Like the demon from the paranormal activities. Just like every now and again, it will push a door open slightly. <laughs> right. Right. Well, similar to the Velisca axe murder house. Oh, well, yeah. Before. I was thinking that too. It's like I've seen ghost hunters just like totally seriously just sitting in front of a door for hours waiting for something to push it yeah and nothing does and then they're sad right <laughs> it's, it's right awesome. or there's a change in air temperature that causes yeah. a, you know the whole house the is like the whole house is like gonna fall down in like 15 minutes it's yeah like, yeah it's not in good shape so it, i mean you it, can go up to the attic and you can see holes in the roofs leading to the outside and you can go into some of the closets there and look, and you can see plaster off the walls and the yeah. the slats that the hey, plaster's mounted against. You can see through into the attic where the attic. You, know, you know why that's that way? It's because people are stealing pieces of it. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. It's like that's what uh, when we did our little tour. Yeah. The the person who did the tour told us is like, yeah, people are stealing stuff. They had a basement like an, uh, a cellar. Yeah, but people can't go in the cellar anymore because it's been stripped yeah. out so bad. Huh. Wow, people are taking little pieces of it. So, huh? I know, isn't that a hell of a thing? It is. It is. <sighs> All right. Well, so there you have it, folks. Skepticism. People were the real ghosts the whole time. Yeah. Who would have thought? It's but, like Scooby Doo, right? Like, I there's think always like... some bastard in a mask. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you just triggered Charles's lost phobia. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you're they were dead right. the whole time, Charles. They were dead the whole time. They were. They were dead <laughs> the whole time. Scooby Doo oh. the whole time. Right. Anyway, we should yeah. probably call it an episode. I think lot. so. I think we should wrap it up here before the demons take over the podcast. Too late. Too late. <laughs> demons. Too late. <laughs> I guess the demons started the podcast. They might as well continue, right? right. Or we. Who's got the bat demon disperser? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like that, Chris. I might have to record that to send with my creature that I send to the Museum of Shadows when I get it built. 
All right. Well, thank you all for listening to another episode of the Galactic Driftwood podcast. Is your uh, creature going to have a large penis? It should have a large penis. Oh, I think it's going to have a snake penis. Oh, Ooh, there we go. That that that. Yes. We, we had to end on that note. Can yeah, it be? Right. Can it? Can it be bifurcated penis? Can it be like? It could. Sure. Okay. Uh, enough of this. Wow. <laughs> this has been Galactic Driftwood. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Be sure to check us out on galacticdriftwood.space. Uh, we're on YouTube, uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, pretty much all your favorite streaming platforms you can find us on. So. Um, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Have a great time. Get out and vote. And, watch uh, Batman. Watch, and watch Batman. Batman 1966. Yes. Bye bye. Freaking vote. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well.